feel a little overwhelmed right now. I'm just a humble servant. I uh, volunteered for this because our pastor is away at Mahaffey. I have uh, prepared, but a lot, I forgot my notes. And I am trusting in the Lord to give me the words to say. Uh, the, I want to start out with 2 Timothy 3.16, if you'll turn in your Bibles to that. Many of you probably have found it before I did. I'm a little rusty with using the Bible. I've been use, relying on my phone for over a year now. Thank you. Okay. 2 Timothy 3.16. Every scripture is inspired by God and is used for, for teaching, for showing mistakes, for correcting, and for training character, so that the person who belongs to God can be equipped to do everything that is good. In my Bible, it says all Scripture is inspired by God. Thank you. So that brings me to the topic of my sermon, I'm referring you to Genesis 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty, and darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. Now, I would just love to read all of Genesis to you. It's one of my favorite books in the Bible, but we wouldn't have time for that. What I, will like to, what I would like to do is to highlight certain things in, in Genesis that revealed that God inspired through the Holy Spirit Moses to write this book as a foundation for our faith and for every teaching that God will ever teach us. It's all there in Genesis. In the first 11 books, we have the basis for a lot of um, all of God's teachings. We, in it, we see that God created the world. It wasn't made by evolution. And it only took him six days to do it. Those who would say that the earth took millions of years to form are wrong. They are defying God. God has said in his word 
that the earth was created in six days. And to, for anyone to say that it wasn't is calling God a liar. I myself doesn't, do not have the courage to do that. I am I'm here standing before you saying that I believe that God created the heavens and the earth, everything you see, in six days. And I believe that the enemy, the world, and those who have influence in this world want you to believe that the, or it took longer than that, that it took millions of years so that they have a foothold for Satan to get in there and, and break down the foundation of your faith. When we share our faith with our children and our grandchildren, we don't want them to think of, our, of, of us just telling stories. We are giving them the truth, the whole truth. And we do not want to let them be the lost generation. We want them to stay with Jesus as their savior. We want them to see God's word for what it is, the truth. Moving on, we see God created man in his image, and in the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. He created two sexes. That's it. Just two. I won't belabor that point. But uh, there are people who want to cause trouble in this world, in the church, in society. We see it everywhere. And it's all because they want to go against God's word. Two sexes. And when God was finished with his creation, he saw that he had made was very good. And there was evening and there was morning the sixth day. And then it's, uh, Genesis goes in detail about how he created Adam and Eve. And he, uh, first he created Adam, and he told him, in the middle of the garden were the tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And God commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, from the tree of knowledge and good and evil, but, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. When you eat, eat of it, you will surely die. And the Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. So here we see God gave one commandment, very simple. Just don't eat from the tree of good and evil. And then we see what happens When the, the serpent gets in there, he said, starting in chapter 3, now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat fruit from the, tre from the trees in the garden. 
But did God say you must not? Oh, we might eat the fruit from the trees of the garden, but God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden. You, and you must not touch it or you will die. You will not surely die, said the serpent to the woman. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened. You will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and was desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate it. Then their eyes were both opened, and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. And we see the fall of man. We see that sin entered the world, spoiled a perfect paradise. For then the man and the wife heard the sound of the Lord as he was walking in the cool of the day, and they hid from the Lord. God from among the trees and garden, but the Lord God called to the man, where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. And he said, who told you that you were naked? You have eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from. The man said, the woman you put here with me, she put some fruit. She gave me some fruit from the tree, and I ate it. Then the Lord God said to the woman, what is it you have done? The woman said, the serpent deceived me, and I ate. So the Lord said to the serpent, because you have done this, cursed are you above all the livestock and the wild animals. You will crawl on your belly, and we will eat dust all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head, and you will strike at his heel. This is one of the earliest prophecies we see in the Bible. We see God himself telling us that he would send a savior when he speaks of the offspring of the woman, referring to Christ as our Lord and Savior. So you see, we can uh, keep our faith strong by keeping in mind God's, the truth in God's word concerning the fall of man and the curse of the devil. We see here that there's a struggle between good and evil. And our only hope is through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And then we see the story, or not the story, but the truth of Cain and Abel. How Cain offered a, a mediocre offering to the Lord from his uh, fruits and vegetables. And Abel gave the Lord the best he had, the first fruits of the, and he had to kill 
a lamb to do it. And God looked with favor on Abel's offering, but he did not look with favor on Cain's offering. Now, I, in my, I envision God blessing Abel with a, a fatter, more healthy flock. And on the other hand, I see Cain, his already mediocre garden is starting to wither and dry up. And he becomes angry. And his face was downcast. And the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must master it. Now Cain said to his brother Abel, let's go out to the field. And while they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, where is your brother Abel? I don't know, he replied. Am I my brother's keeper? And the Lord said, what have you done? Listen, your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. Now you are under a curse and driven from the ground, which opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you work the ground, it will no longer yield its crops for you. You will be a restless wanderer on the earth. Cain said to the Lord, my punishment is more than I can bear. Today you are driving me from the land, and I will be hidden from your presence. I will be rest, a restless wanderer on the earth, and whoever finds me will kill me. But the Lord said to him, Not so. If anyone kills Cain, he will suffer vengeance seven times over. Then the Lord put a mark on Cain so that no one who found him would kill him. Uh, the scriptures don't say what that mark was, what it looked like, but from everything I read in scriptures, I think it resembled a cross. Uh, the ancient Hebrew language had symbols that looked like a cross, and I think that that's what, but that's just me. Uh, um, but what I wanted you to see is that God still had compassion on Cain, even though he had murdered his brother. Yes, he was in the wrong, but God left him live out his life to marry and have children. He... Uh, protected him against would-be killers. But Cain, Cain did not really uh, learn from his experience because when he went out and lived in the land of Nod and he got his wife pregnant, Cain was then building a city which went against God's directive to spread out and multiply in the earth. Cain wanted to settle in one spot, and this sin was carried on to all the way down to Nimrod, who uh, built, wanted to build a tower and have a great name for himself. This was, it goes back to the original sin 
uh, with, with Adam and Eve where they wanted to be like God themselves. They, were, they thought that they knew better than God. There is one, a better part of the, uh, the Genesis story is Enoch, the seventh in the line from Adam. When he had lived 65 years, he became the father of Methuselah. And after he became the father of Methuselah, Enoch, Enoch walked with God 300 years and had other sons and daughters. Altogether, Enoch lived 365 years. Enoch walked with God, then he was no more, because God took him away. This story has always impressed me in that Enoch became the exception to the death penalty. Enoch actually found favor with the Lord, not because he was perfect, because the Bible tells us that none, none were perfect except Jesus Christ, but Enoch saw and walked in the light that he was given. He became the man that God wanted everyone at that time to be. He raised his children right. He, he raised Methuselah, who was given a long, long, a long life, one of the longest life, life, lifespans we see in the Bible. If I remember correctly, it was over 900 years. And let's see. Then we have the story of the flood. The flood is something else that we need to be aware of because the, those who believe in evolution try to uh, look at the sediments in the rock and claim that they're millions of years old. But we, we know as Christians and Christian scientists know that the the sediments that they're looking at and saying that they're very old have substances and even life in them that could not exist for millions of years. It's the oldest uh, samples that they have are not as old as they say. Rather, they, are, they date back to the flood. And because they were, things were churned up and they were... The, it, it looks like the, it looks to the world like dinosaurs were here long before us, but they were the first to die, I believe, in the in the flood, and they, that's why they look like it looks like they were here millions of years ago. But there were dinosaurs here. For some reason, God did not choose to save them in the flood. Uh, he wanted to start start out fresh without dinosaurs. But I believe they were here before the flood. Then we see Noah in, his, in the ark. Noah took over a hundred years, took a hundred years to build this ark. And I'm sure that he was warning people, the evil people of the day, that that unless they repented, that they would not, couldn't, would not be saved, that the flood was coming. But no one believed him, and they perished. And we see that God 
put his rainbow in the sky to, uh, as a symbol of the covenant he has with Noah, that he would no, never flood the earth with water again. This is a Christian symbol. Others who want to use it for evil purposes will not, will not uh, triumph. And in the 11th, well, 11th chapter of, of, of Genesis is where we see the Tower of Babel and we see how God deals with, with the ungodly in that they wanted to make a name for themselves and they were building a tower to the skies completely against God's will. And God and the Holy and all of his... God came down and confused their language. But in this, also in the uh, Genesis, we can see the, uh, the we see the Trinity there when God was speaking. with the three distinct persons, we will do this, we will do that. Now, if you'll turn with me to the book of Revelation. Revelation 22. Starting in verse 7, in my red letter book, these are the words of Jesus himself. Behold, I am coming soon. Blessed is he who keeps the words of the prophecy in this book. I, John, am the one who heard and saw these things. And when I had heard and seen them, I fell down to worship at the feet of the angel who had been showing them to me. But he said to me, do not do it. I am a fellow servant with you and with your brothers, the prophets, and all who keep the words of this book. Worship God. Then he told me, do not seal up the words of the prophecy in this book, because the time is near. Let him who does, does wrong continue to do wrong. Let him who is vile continue to be vile. Let him who does right continue to do right. And let him who is holy continue to be holy. Then Jesus says, Behold, I am coming soon. My reward is with me. I will give to everyone according to what he has done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, beginning and the end. Blessed are those who wash their robes that they may have the right to the tree of life and may go through the gates into the city. Outside there 
are the dogs who practice magic arts, the sexually immoral, the murderers, the idolaters, and everyone who loves and practices falsehood. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to give you this testimony for the offspring of David, I, for, for the churches. I am the root of the offspring of David and the bright morning star. And the spirit and the bride say, come. And we'll let him who hears say, come. Whoever is thirsty, let him come. And whoever wishes to take, let him take the free gift of the water of life. And so this is my message that the Lord has given me that uh, we are to, when we get frustrated, we get distracted by the, all the world's woes and we seem or discouraged, go back to our roots, go back to Genesis. But don't forget that he's coming again soon and that the time is short, that we have the time to uh, witness and preach the good news to our friends and family and even our enemies. With that, I bid farewell and ask that you, I encourage you to read Genesis again if you haven't read it for a while and get back into the Word.